Drive-In Studios in Spartanburg, South Carolina. Gentlemen, start your engine. Fox Sports 1498.3 FM presents Start Your Engines. Here's your race team for today. Show producer, Ronnie Black. Track reporter and racing insider, Nelson Crozier. Former NASCAR team manager and author, Greg Moore. Now, here's your host for Start Your Engines, racing historian and author, Perry Allen Wood. Good morning and welcome to Start Your Engines, our second edition. We made it a week. And uh, not much to talk about except a demolition derby down in uh, Daytona. It, it was, wasn't it? Yeah, that's Ronnie Black and we have Greg Moore here. And we'll be taking you through the next hour of the latest in motorsports, mostly stock car racing at this time of the year. And uh, our special guest about 20 minutes after will be Deb Williams. Oh, I love talking to Deb. Uh, Deb's the best, and she's, uh, um, I mean, she's won awards for her writing. I've wrote, oh, yeah, written a couple of books, but she's an award-winning writer, and Deb, Deb's been around about as long as we have, and she, uh, is the queen she knows it. of stock car journalism, no doubt. And she just won the Joe Littlejohn Award, which they give for the best broadcaster for the year in the NMPA. Well, I didn't even know about the Joe Littlejohn Award. That's great. That's something I've been doing for the past couple of years. And, you know, she's been president in NPA for several years. I didn't know that Off either. and on. Well, she's... But, she, you know, she edited... Uh, she done all kind of work with Charlotte Observer, uh, Winston Cup Scene, uh, uh, NASCAR Illustrated, uh, other publications. She wrote about four books. Uh, she's always been the shoulder everybody went to cry on. I mean, she, she was always the best and she she got the story straight and it was right out of her heart you know what i'm saying i mean this 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 straight she well really we'll have cared. her own here in about 20 after and uh first i want to get you guys your thoughts on what you saw that last weekend ronnie what about you can xfinity cup you name it well Talk about I, it. I enjoyed uh all three of the races i, I watched the arca race xfinity i missed the truck race and and the the big boys enjoyed all of them now i got to be honest please I'm, do i missed the finish of the cup race because i fell asleep but i did see the replays you know why you fell asleep because i'm getting old no because with 27 laps to go they had a commercial that lasted three laps and with 21 <laughs> laps to go they had a commercial that lasted three laps and with 13 laps to go they had a commercial that lasted three laps and i was furious I mean, how can you show that same dumb commercial of, uh, was it Reba McIntyre dressed up like the Colonel? Oh, I'm <laughs> sure sick of that. Uh, but I mean, I love, I love uh, Kentucky Fried Chicken yeah, and Reba yeah. McIntyre, but, but that, yeah, some I couldn't of those, take that no more. Some of those celebrities I, I enjoy watching. But not then. Her, hers was funny for once or twice. But but not at that point. No. I mean, they, they, I they, like they, it. I like it when they do the split screen. Well, that's what I was getting ready to say. They didn't even do that. They just took you away from it and... Uh, you know, at the end of the race is when they're they're going to be banging and crashing, trying to move up, and they just completely missed it. And listen, our phone lines are open, 864-468-1400. If you've got something you want to say about the, the races that have just happened or the ones coming up this weekend, or if you just want to complain to us. That's right. But no tough trivia questions. No. <laughs> oh, I do want I do want to give up. Uh, Go ahead. Uh, a heads up on uh Daniel Fowler, a longtime engine builder of ours, 
he had a stint in the hospital and uh but he's out now and doing well and i talked Good. to him yesterday and hopefully uh now danny danny were, were with uh, i know we've had danny on danny fowler on the show who's great he's jack the jack man, man. yeah but uh Daniel worked with us in the engine room for a long time, and uh, but he's doing well, and he he hopes to be on the show uh, in a few weeks. Wasn't he your roommate in Japan? Oh yeah, me, me and me and him and uh, uh, Gary Hayes didn't say, but we wormy, wormy. We had a ball. We had a suite. I mean, we could have put ten people in there, and uh, you could definitely tell you's on the other side of the world. Okay, so, well, give me your thoughts on the race. Either one of them. I think. My first impression was I don't like them splitting the Daytona 500 up in segments. Can I say something right here before I forget it? They didn't have cross flags to show halfway. And every race I've ever watched, it seemed like they had, you know, the cross flags. But it was because it was in the 30 laps into a segment. All they kept you up on was the end of the segment. They didn't say we're halfway through which I thought was another screw-up. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Well, I'm I, very, you're right. I uh, would have forgotten that if you hadn't the, mentioned the, it. The cross-flag deal it's always, always been big. It's always been big because, you know, that that's that's halfway. But uh, If they did a, it, I didn't see it. Yeah. But they uh, there was a lot of action. A lot of stuff got tore up, and a lot of it unnecessarily. And, and, and people have to, you know, sponsors, well, you know, car owners and stuff, they have to rebuild those things or scrap them and this day and time it costs so much to build a car so so that puts a financial burden on on people but they uh well that 48 team lost a bunch of equipment this oh week. they lost a bunch you know that reminds me remember when when bobby was down with die guard and he uh uh they called it a b and c and i think he took the c car and won the race that's something i remember anyway that's a while back but, yeah uh well i go a while back too yeah. far <laughs> they but they did a, 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 a the coverage. I hate the commercials messed it up toward the oh, end. Ugh. But uh, the race was exciting if you want to see a bunch of people spinning out. Of course, with the format they got, all that they've done is took cars and and slowed them down a little bit and made them a little bit looser. And these guys ain't used to driving that much of a loose car. I mean, some of them can, some of them can't. And I didn't like the way the thing ended exactly. I mean, you know, uh, I think if Ty Dillon had passed him clean or or had run up front more during the day or, or something. Yeah. But uh, it was – I ain't got nothing against him. I was cool at three-car one and that sort of stuff. But, you it know, just happens to be 20, uh, 18 yeah. years – or 20 years, I'm sorry, since the last time the three-car won the race. Right. Which, yeah. But that ain't Dale. That wasn't Dale Earnhardt in a car, and and, and right. a lot of people, the fans, were really mm. mad about that. Well, let me ask you this: talking about all the wrecks and stuff, do you think they're going to have to change the nose? Which one of the cars has Camaro? The, point, the Camaro has the pointy nose. Do you think they're going to have to flatten it out a little bit? I, you know, if that's what's causing it, I don't see how they can help but do it. I mean, they're not stock cars anyway, so fix them like they work. I'll tell you another thing: uh, two points, two more points that I was dissatisfied with trevor bain dodged all those wrecks and jack roush's car number six and was up front most of the day top 10 just right there hanging on and he's a previous winner with the wood brothers in 2011 he dropped out and you never knew it they never mentioned that trevor bain because he was in that lead draft of 10 or six cars yeah. or whatever and then all of a sudden you know i'm looking i said well where is he 
They never showed him pit. They never they never said what happened to him. And he, I, I'm not even sure if he finished. He, he might have finished a few laps behind or something. But that's just that's just poor coverage. Yeah. That, that, that and, and the other thing I wanted to say, and then I'll let y'all have at it. You see who almost won the race, Eric Almarola, and he was driving Danica Patrick's old car. And I'm not throwing off on Danica, but, I mean, she never had a good run like that anywhere. And she had several years to do it. And Eric Almarola, I think, would have been a great story uh, if he'd have won that race, being of Cuban descent and and maybe Bubba Wallace second, being an African-American. I mean, you talk about That'd diversity. That would have been a great finish. See, the thing I felt like, you know, Eric Almarola and uh, uh, Wallace, you know, with the Petty's car, to me, those cars – ran more up front than the car that won right and uh you know it's it's a situation where if the three car had been more competitive throughout the week uh it might have been a little bit people wouldn't have minded but uh, the fans didn't too much like him moving uh him out of the way even though it was a white flag lap and I mean, uh, that that didn't go over too good with a lot of people. But. Well, I agree with you. Uh, it's sort of like where have you been the whole race, and now you're stealing it, right? Well, well, I, but, but but somebody had to win it. I would rather have that than a rain out, you know. And you're the, like no Michael Walter when he ran 102 laps and it rained, and he's the Daytona 500 winner. So this, right. this was better than that. That was better than that. But it's like I was telling somebody the other day. Uh, when we won the thing 40 years ago in 78, you know, we went down there with New Thunderbird. It wasn't very aerodynamic, but we was trying to keep Ford and racing. It was us, us and Wood Brothers and Dunley that had a Ford. And, you know, we qualified about mid-pack as far as speed. And then, but we were leading 125 miler when him and Baker yeah. got together. So we were up front and got the car tore all to heck. And, you know, they had a crash early on in the race. It took out a couple of good cars. I think it took out, uh, it took out uh, Pearson and, and Petty. And Waltrip. And Waltrip. But we ran up front the whole week. Yeah. Every every time we went out with a, a pack of cars, with either second or third or leading or whatever, and we wound up winning the race. Now, a lot of it had to do with attrition, but it wasn't like we completely backed into it yeah well yeah i can't say that dylan backed into it i just i can remember watching the daytona 500 in color at the memorial auditorium when uh leroy yarborough passed charlie glass back in cotton's car you know and just went by him I mean, you know they wasn't any blocking there wasn't any, you know if, if the guy's faster and you know they do penalize you for that in formula one and, and indycar and i don't know that i I don't know that you can't block, but I mean, there's got to be something to to keep them from taking out half the field every time. And and Jimmy Johnson was especially upset about it because it was uh, coming up on the end of the first segment. I mean, they, they weren't even a quarter of the way through the race, and uh, I think it was Stenhouse who aided in the destruction of quite a few cars that week last weekend. Um, I think he was involved in that one too. And Chase Elliott got taken out. It's just Something's just got to be done to, uh, you know, they make so many dadgum rules. Why don't they make another one that you can't block until 10 laps to go? Yeah. So you don't take out half the field of cars with 100 laps to go. Because the the cars 
have limited horsepower. They got super aerodynamics. And, you know, uh, Dale Earnhardt and people and competitors years ago understood the side drafting and all these different things. But when NASCAR started going to the wind tunnel, then they started seeing this and seeing that stuff that a few of the top competitors already knew and some of the drivers already knew it and started designing the cars to do this, do that. I mean, you remember back in 211, uh, they had that, what they call it, doodlebug drafting two by two. Yeah, that bi- and, binary stuff. Yeah, and they were putting putting 90-weight axle grease on the front or just greasing up the doggone <laughs> front bumper, you know. Well, and they won't even let you make that constant contact anymore. They were saying, oh, is that a penalty? Is that a penalty? I mean, I don't know if there's so many seconds you can stay engaged to the other car, but yeah but and but at least the parts fit better well i mean the, the front bumper or whatever fit the back bumper of whatever and uh you didn't unless you were an idiot and did it in the turns like a lot of people did you can't bump draft in a turn but you, you i think you saw far more accidents based on bump drafting so come out with another dadgum rule and say you can't do it till 10 laps to go well there's only back. four tracks that takes effect on anyway well to me the daytona 500 two tracks i'm sorry because you have you have the, the the 150 qualifiers that are always super exciting, especially if you got 60 people trying to make the field. It's super exciting. I've always said that you know the 125 miles back, you know, which it was back then. I said that's the exercise in seeing who can hold their breath for 45 minutes. Yeah, and, and that's basically <laughs> the, the the size of it. But being you have that on on Thursday. Don't sit there and do the Daytona 500 in segments. You don't. You don't have the people qualify, and this sort of stuff. But don't break it up. I mean, the segment stuff agree. works at some places, but Daytona that ain't the place to do it. Well, we've all got opinions, and I'm not sure we all agree with each other totally. And I don't want us to, but uh, that's the way it is. And uh, we'll be talking more about it, and we'll talk about it with Deb Williams after this break. You're listening to. Fox Sports Spartanburg, 1400 AM, 98.3 FM. There's no points racing here. Greg, Perry, Ronnie, and Nelson are racing to win. You're listening to Start Your Engines on Fox Sports, 1498.3 FM. Steve and Jerry here from the world-famous Beacon Drive-In in Spartanburg. Jerry, the Beacon opened back in 1946. How many years have we been serving great food at great prices? Hey, Plante! 70 years? How many folks are we still serving every week? Hey, Plante! Well, like you always say, I like my job, but I love my customers. But can you say something other than a Plante? All it! Join Steve and Jerry at the world-famous Beacon Drive-In, John White Boulevard in Spartanburg, where the food is still always good since 1946. Speedy Lube in Inman says to save time is to lengthen life for you and your car. Let Speedy Lube, Asheville Highway in Inman, lengthen the life and performance of your vehicle. Speedy Lube offers professional ASC certified mechanical service for your car. Be it an oil change, AC work, tires, brakes, front end, or any type of major or minor repair. Trust Speedy Lube in Inman. Open weekdays from 8 till 6. For fast, fair, and friendly service, visit Speedy Lube, Asheville Highway in Inman. 
The new way was new way back in 1938, and it's still going strong today with quick service for lunch, sandwiches, sides, and your favorite beverage. And no trip to the new way is complete without trying their original redneck cheeseburger or redneck nachos made with the new way's homemade famous pimento cheese. The new way has lunch specials Mondays, Tuesdays, and Wednesdays. Try the new way's specialty sandwiches, including their grown-up grilled cheese. The new way still going strong after nearly 80 years. 373 East Kennedy Street. Look for the PBR sign and the big red door. Fox Sports 1400 98.3 FM covers high school basketball in our area like nobody else. And we're excited to bring you the Friday Night Tip-Off Show presented by McDonald's Friday evenings at 6 o'clock. Hi, I'm Tyler Sugar. Join me, Mitch the Intern, and KB. That's the Friday Night Tip-Off Show presented by McDonald's Friday nights at 6 on Fox Sports 1400, now on FM at 98.3. It's the call nobody wants to make. Your home or business has water or fire damage or mold. Let Service Master of the Upstate make that call a little easier. Service Master of the Upstate restores homes and businesses alike. If you've been hit with mold or fire or water damage, call today at 582-3451. Service Master of the Upstate also cleans carpets, rugs, and hard surface flooring. Make that call a little easier. Call Dyer and Amanda Jennings at Service Master of the Upstate, 582-3451. 582-3451. Mauricio and his staff at La Paz Mexican Restaurant in Bowling Springs say come on in for lunch or dinner. La Paz offers authentic Mexican fare seven days a week. Want a quick and inexpensive weekday lunch? La Paz lunch specials start at just $4.50. Mauricio invites you to try La Paz local favorites including their Pollo Loco, Texas Fajitas, and the Speedy Gonzalez all while enjoying the best margarita specials in town for just $3.50. Tell Mauricio Fox Sports 1400 sent you to La Paz Mexican Restaurant, Highway 9 in Boiling Springs. Sure, you can buy steaks, chops, and other cuts of meat a lot of places, often cut hours or even days early. But if you want your next great steak, wild game, pork, or other cut of meat perfectly marbled and aged between 40 and 70 days, then Tate Meatworks is the place for you. Tate's offers Angus, Prime, and other heritage breed cuts so meticulously aged, you can't screw it up unless you burn it. For your next melt-in-your-mouth steak, visit Tate Meatworks, 435 East Main Street near downtown Spartanburg. The Dan Patrick Show, weekdays from 9 to noon on Spartanburg's Fox Sports 1400, now on FM at 98.3. Well, you can tell everybody, yeah, you can tell everybody, go ahead and tell everybody, I'm the man. Welcome the back man. to Start Your Engines, and I am proud to introduce our next guest. I would say the... Uh, can you be a dean and be a female? Absolutely. All right, well, she's the dean of... Um, female reporters and probably the dean of all reporters for NASCAR. I put her on top of all. Of I them. put them on top of all of them too. <laughs> Deb Williams, how you doing, Deb? Fine, thank you. How are you doing? Doing great. And I want to get this out of the way before I forget it. But we want to offer our condolences to you for your mother passing away. I, it was this week. Uh, it was actually the Friday before the Daytona 500. We just had the service. Uh, we had the celebration of life service Thursday and the burial yesterday. Okay, well, I appreciate that very much. Well, we'll, we're sorry about that. And uh, 96 years old? She was. Well, 96. And listen, I don't care how old or how young you are, it's still mama. That's right. And it was funny. One of my best friends came up to me afterwards, and um, she said, after all you, because, you know, we all spoke, and I was the last one to speak. And, and uh, she came up afterwards, and she said, I don't see how long I don't see how she lived as long as she did after everything you put her through. <laughs> <laughs> That's a left-handed statement if I ever heard it. 
<laughs> that's when you know you got a real friend talking. And I tell you what else, uh, if she lived to be 96, I don't know how old Deb is, but I'd say we got another 50 years or so of her on the show. I hope so. I do too. uh, Thank you. My sister and I are hoping that uh, mother's longevity bodes well for us. That's what we're hoping. I think it does well. Uh, You had some parts replaced, so you've got to be getting better. I know we didn't call up to talk about health, but. uh, I'm so happy to have two good knees. I got got a new one last Wednesday. (laughs) Oh, wow. You're moving right along. Well, you know, it was actually something you said one time. I had a friend here in Spartanburg, Jack Burnett, that had his knee replaced. And it was, I mean, he was up in a month. I mean, actually up and out and driving around. And and I said, you know, I'm going to go ahead and pull the trigger on this thing because Deb Williams uh, made a statement to me one time, you know, about quality of life, you know, and Mm -hmm. what good is it to wake up and be in pain all day. So I got one down and one to go. I'm going to try to have the other one in April. Okay, that's good. I had my right one December 1st, 2015, and I got my left one last June, on June 6th. I got through Charlotte, and they gave me a knee knee injection to get me through the NHRA race and Charlotte race week in May. And then as soon as I was through those, I went in and got my left one done. Well, um, I did. Which one did you get done? The left one. Oh, okay. The the one I used to clutch. (laughs) Yeah. But, yeah, I know how that is, too. I got to where I, it was painful to drive a straight drive. But, um, yeah, the, the you won't get to drive as fast uh, when you get the right one done as you do with the left one. You'll have about four weeks you won't be allowed to drive. Well, it keeps me from having to go to Charlotte three or four times a week for at least a month. Oh, so uh, <laughs> uh, I'm going to hope. I know Wells Fargo's hanging on every word I say, but I'm going to stay out as long as I can and work from home because I, I do just as much work in my home office than i do in charlotte well deb we've we've got 2018 rolling now what are your thoughts after this first big race you know i thought the ending of the daytona 500 was was fabulous and there was just so many interesting numerical situations or ironies in there you know you had the three the 43 and the 11 cross one two three and, of course, I believe those are the three most successful numbers in NASCAR, particularly in the Cup division. And for it to be the three and the 43, which, of course, uh, are the numbers of the first two seven-time champions in the sport. And Austin Dillon took the three in victory lane exactly 20 years after Dale Earnhardt won his Daytona 500 in the three. Austin Dillon's win came on the to the day that we lost Dale Earnhardt. Dale, we lost Dale Earnhardt February 18, 2001, and Austin won the three back in victory lane at Daytona on February 18, 2018. And then where the three bumped the 10 out of the way on the track was the exact same place that Earnhardt cut the tire down in 1990 to lose the 500, and the 10 was Derek Cope driving past him to win the 500. So I just thought there were a lot of numerical ironies in that. that and if race. you and if you went just by the numerical ironies um, and didn't know anything else that happened, you'd be screaming conspiracy. <laughs> NASCAR <laughs> fixed another one to come out like uh, they wanted it. <laughs> but uh, yeah, you know. 
as exciting as that was. And, you know, I know a lot of people say, well, it was boring. Well, it was because the only time they ran no tail for 40 laps was at the start of the final segment after they'd had the big crash that took out Keslowski and Chase Elliott at the end of the second segment. But there was some fantastic blocking and lane switching and all going on early in the race. But, you know, we really won't get a true picture of the season until these next few races with Atlanta this weekend on a mile and a half. And then they have Las Vegas another mile and a half, then Phoenix a mile, California two miles, and then we go to Martinsville a half mile. So, you know, I think we'll get a more clear picture of what the season's really going to look like uh, over this next month. Yeah. Debbie, you're exactly right. And, uh, of course, we know Atlanta needs a, kind of a facelift. Uh, the, the, the payments wore out, but they're leaving it the that way. The drivers didn't want them to pave it. Oh, I know it. They, I were, know it. they were going to pave it after last year's race. I know it. And, and they had all the plans to do that. And the drivers came back and said, do not pave it. We like it this way. So, you know, Atlanta, you know, Marcus Smith and them said, okay, if, if you don't want it paved, we won't pave it, but we're prepared to pave it. So, well, what's you know, the reason the for that, Deb? Is it because the track is so coarse that it, it it holds the rubber that they're putting down better? Is that the reason, or what? Well, no. It, the tires are wear, and it puts more of it in the driver's hands. If you get new pavement on there, everybody's going to adhere the same, and it's going to be difficult past and you're not going to have tire management in this way with the old surface tire management is critical handling critical it puts more of the outcome in the driver's hands whereas new pavement doesn't allow that yeah Deb, exactly right i noticed in uh, some of the in-car cameras i've seen the past couple of days with the with the trucks and the, the Xfinity cars you can see the driver sawing on the steering wheel where normally they're right. barely moving it, and those guys are having to drive the car. And, yeah, and that's what they like. And they, they like that, and that makes it for better racing. Well, yeah. Greg, speaking, speaking of that view where they've got the, the helmet cam, I like that. That's pretty neat. That, that's like one it. of the best views in the car I think they have. Yep, that's, some, that's something good. But anyway, Deb, uh, one thing we do want to do, I want to congratulate Deb. Deb's been the president of the NMPA for years, always a big supporter. No, no, I was secretary treasurer. I had never been the president of it. Well, anyway, I understand you won Close the, enough. the, the Joe Little John Award this year, and uh, we want to congratulate you on that. Uh, you need all kind of awards. I'm sure you Well, have. thank you. I got I all my awards that. in my pocket. <laughs> <laughs> That's Deadly. like I used to work with a guy at United Press International who said the only byline that counts is one on the paycheck. That's right, and I don't get one. I don't get one of those either, except a royalties check every now and then. But we were talking earlier about the bump drafting, and uh, you know, I, I don't know about the other two fellas here. I, I, we may have some agreement, but I just I agree more with Jimmy Johnson. It just seemed like before the end of the first segment, they're they're pulling these outlandish uh, blocks and and things, and it just seems I agree that it seems too early. I mean, what about saying you can't bump? Or, or a block until like the 20 laps to no. go or something like that. We got way too many rules in this. Point I now. agree. I agree. We don't need another one. But that's, <laughs> you, but no, let me tell you something. Look at the age difference. 
look at those who are doing it and look at their age and look at Jimmy Johnson's age. Every time you get the young ones coming in, they're more aggressive. They like to race. They came up through the short tracks or the, or the dirt tracks. They want to go hard. And you get the veteran who's been there for a while and taken some hard knocks and been on the roof and all, and they, want to, they don't want to do it. And it makes them look bad when these young guys come in here and are racing hard like that. Now, you say there's, it's too early in the race to do it, all right? That's the exact reason you have other fans coming up and saying, it's boring, they're not racing. You know, I've, fortunately, I've not yet heard that on the TV, from the TV commentators, and I have maintained they were a lot of responsible for the racing getting dull was because they're on there going, they're racing too hard too early in the race. They shouldn't be racing this hard this early in the race. Well, you know, you got to make up your mind. Do you want them racing hard early in the race to where you've got a good race throughout the event, or do you want them out there biding their time and just racing hard in the last 10 or 20 laps? And your people in your grandstands and your viewership continuing to decline. Because that's what made this sport so good. Huh. You think Joe Weatherly and Curtis Turner and those people, Buck Baker, were going to lay back and just ride around? Uh-uh. No, they weren't. And granted, the races weren't as long then, and you were on short tracks, and there was more beating and banging and, and all that. Um, you know, but to Lee Petty's credit, the reason my dad, who was a machinist for 45 years, like Lee Petty, was because Lee took care of his equipment. Buck Baker and those guys didn't. And so you've got to have a balance in there. And, um, you know, with all of the technology now, that with the engineers, and now that NASCAR is giving the team the same data during a race that the TV people are getting that the fans are seeing on TV at home and so you know it, it, you can have you can't have it both ways you either got to have them racing hard throughout the whole event or you're going to have boring racing throughout it and that was the reason they created the stages was so you would have more intense racing throughout the event and you know I think a lot of the drivers did not understand the benefits of winning those stages and performing well in those stages. Martin Truex Jr. and his crowd figured it out very early. They won all of them. <laughs> they, <laughs> just about. And that's why they were in such a good position uh, going into the playoffs, through the playoffs, and then going to Homestead. And, you know, suddenly that was a wake-up call to all these teams. And now it's like, my gosh, we're not going to let him have all the stages this year. Yeah, I just hate to see him tear up so many cars so early in the race. But, I mean, you're right. It's... It is making for exciting races, and uh, Nelson was talking to us last week, Nelson Crozier, about the pointed nose on the Camaro might have something to do with it. Yeah, You you can't hit it flush. Right. And, um, you know, I don't like like to see them tear up cars either because I know the money that's in them, and I know how uh, much um, work it means back at the shop. 
But at the same time, as Neron Newman would say, the person ran out of talent. <laughs> so if you think you can make a move and make it happen, and then it's like, oop, that wasn't the brightest decision on my part. Um, you know, it's um, you got to drive smart. You can drive aggressive, but you got to drive smart. I remember something Ricky Rudd said years ago that I thought was very interesting. And he said, you're going to, he said, if you'll notice, the drivers that wreck a lot early in their career, it's because they're so aggressive. And he said, as they mature in their career, they either figure out a way to control that aggressiveness. And he said, if they figure that out, how to control it and when to use it, they become very successful. If they don't figure out how to control that aggressiveness and when to use it, they just continue to wreck a lot of cars. Yeah, yep. you're and, exactly right. And that's it. You know, the these young people that are coming in, they're used to driving aggressive on the short tracks. They're used to having short races. They feel like they're at the top and they've got to prove they can do it. And... You know, they haven't hit those walls a lot yet at 200 miles an hour. They haven't gone airborne now. Dylan has. He knows what it's like. But, um, you know, if you notice, when Ryan Newman first came in, Ryan either at restrictor plate races, he either wrecked or he won. Ryan the Rocket. And he was on top a lot more than he was in victory lane. And if you notice... He, he saved his aggressiveness at Daytona until the last segment. And he, he and Austin Dillon both did. And they both ran in the top 10 or the top 11 that entire final segment. Yep. And uh, one won, and the other one finished seventh or eighth. He finished in the top 10. Then he finished in the top 10. So well, you just got to learn how to control. got to be aggressive, but you got to learn when to use it. That's right. That one thing I, that we interviewed Joe Dematek probably, Ronnie Perry, I guess it was about five years ago. Sounds and, right. Uh, you know, uh, Joe had a, a, a very successful career. I mean, we always called him Front Row Joe. He mm-hmm. sat on a pole or qualified second. And we asked him, said, said, Joe, what is it about what you're doing that you're such a good qualifier? He said, well, he said, I tore up a lot of race cars. And so that falls right in line. What he done is he tore up enough cars, you know, the, the, the ragged edge he could go on when it stopped the front end up and, and the car got looser. And he was front row Joe. Now, later mm-hmm. on, there, he might have started to race usually with the car a little bit too loose and might not have finished as good as he should all the time. But that's what I'm going to eat. He was front row Joe and attributed to the fact that he was able to. Well, it's like Deb was saying that. If you're just going to ride around for 400 laps, why should I tune in before the last 100? Correct. Exactly. Good point. Exactly. Deb, we're getting up against the the break. I know you're getting ready to say something. Go ahead and say it. But also, are you working on anything like a book or or any of that stuff? Uh, I've got some potential things going, but... uh... You know, I had the one come out last year of the Charlotte Motor Speedway history and photos, and that one was so much fun to do. It was released last April, 
And all of the photos in that book came from the Charlotte Motor Speedway archives. The only one that I had to go outside the archives to acquire was the movie poster from Stroker 8. <laughs> and I got that from, from Johnny Bruce, who was uh, the crew guy in the movie that blew up Ronnie Anderson's skirt with the air gun. And um, he it had been signed by Hal Needham. So nice job if you can get it. Hal Needham. So... <laughs> Yeah. So, um, you know, that, but that was fun to do. And there were so many neat photos in the archives at Charlotte. And it's like, oh, man, I wish I could use this photo. I wish I could use that photo. And it would be like, yeah, it's a cool photo, but what does it have to do with the history of Charlotte Motor Speedway? Right. And I'd be working on it at 3 o'clock in the morning at home. And mother would say, aren't you about ready to come to bed? That's when you, that's when you do your best writing. That's right. Me and Jim Bean can tell you that. Oh, yeah. Three and four o'clock in the morning, five o'clock in the morning. That's definitely when you do your best writing, no doubt about it. Deb, it's great having you on the show. We want to always have you on the show and maybe maybe a couple more times this year when things happen because we like your perspective and uh, you're the best. Well, thank you. I appreciate that so much. And winning the Joe Little John Award was very precious to me. That meant a great deal to me. And I was honored and humbled to receive it and i appreciate you bringing that up greg and thank you all for having me on it's always a pleasure i enjoy talking with y'all okay thank, thank you deb. deb we'll talk to you later thank you have a good day you too that was deb williams oh i love talking to deb she didn't agree with me but that's all right that's okay a lot of times i don't agree with me <laughs> but anyway that was uh deb williams uh sports uh motorsports writer extraordinaire and we'll be back after this break with nelson crozier forever to be and you can put spurs on this one the garden in black play here he dives and makes the catch Catch the game talks in action all season long blast deep to right right here on your home for south carolina baseball spartanburg's home of the game cocks is fox sports 1400 now on fm at 98.3 Here comes lunchtime. Do you know that unlike some barbecue places, Bubba's Barbecue and Bash has ribs for lunch every day. Bubba's also has great burgers, pulled pork, calabash chicken, all of your favorite sides, and some of the best sauce around. Top it off with Bubba's famous banana pudding or a slice of pecan pie for dessert, and you'll make Bubba's your barbecue home. Bubba's Barbecue and Bash, 827 West Blackstock Road, just a half mile from Westgate Mall. Have lunch at Bubba's today. Throughout your life, you've worked hard to accumulate assets, to build wealth, and to provide for your family. You've built a comfortable life full of shared memories and experiences. Providing and protecting your loved ones is never more critical than when you aren't there to do so. While having a will is important, it's not the only way. That is why developing an estate plan can be the best thing you will ever do for them. Working with our estate planning experts, Trent Lancaster, in the Spartanburg office of Jenny Montgomery, Montgomery Scott can help you to design a customized estate plan that can protect and preserve your assets for the next generation. The sooner you begin, the sooner you can be at ease knowing that your loved ones will be provided for as you intended. Contact Trent today to discuss your estate planning needs at 864-585-8282. That's 585-8282 or visit TrentLancaster.com. Jenny Montgomery Scott, LLC, member FINRA, NYSE, and SIPC. 
easy. Hey, sweetie, what's the biggest problem with pets? Too many strays. Wow, you didn't hesitate there. Well, it's true. And the best solution to Spartanburg's stray problem is Animal Allies on Asheville Highway. Animal Allies is super affordable and treats animals with kindness. We've used them for years. It's one of our county's best kept secrets. Well, no more secrets. Animal Allies is too important to Spartanburg to not get the word out. Bring your dogs and cats in early, pick them up after four, spayed or neutered. They even offer discounts if you're facing financial constraints. For more, visit AnimalAlliesClinic.org. Want to talk racing with the guys? Call the Sign Force Hotline now at 864-468-1400. Start your engine returns in a moment on Fox Sports 1400 and 98.3 FM. Speedy Lube in Inman says to save time is to lengthen life for you and your car. Let Speedy Lube, Asheville Highway in Inman, lengthen the life and performance of your vehicle. Speedy Lube offers professional ASC certified mechanical service for your car. Be it an oil change, AC work, tires, brakes, front end, or any type of major or minor repair. Trust Speedy Lube in Inman. Open weekdays from 8 till 6. For fast, fair, and friendly service, visit Speedy Lube, Asheville Highway in Inman. If you're in the market for a job in manufacturing or distribution, or you run a business and are in need of employees in fields ranging from small-scale construction to large mechanical contracting to manufacturing, packaging, and warehousing, then let CRS help. CRS has been a reliable bridge that runs in both directions for employers and job seekers. Get your next great search started today. Call CRS at 336-2405, stop by 337 Spartan Green Boulevard in Duncan, or online at crshighright.com. Spartanburg has been known as the hub city for decades due to our proximity to rail lines and interstate highways. Upstate Logistics has been part of the hub city transportation scene for over a decade. Upstate Logistics provides businesses with warehousing and transportation services, including inbound and outbound rail shipments. And more importantly, we support Spartanburg. Be it high school and college sports or important community projects, Upstate Logistics wants to help move Spartanburg forward. Upstate Logistics, keeping your business and Spartanburg moving forward. To find out more, visit UpstateLogistics.com. This is Dan Patrick, and you're listening to Spartanburg's Fox Sports 1400. Now on FM at 98.3. Welcome back to Start Your Engines for our final segment. Um, Trying to get hold of Nelson Crozier here. It's loud in that garage area, so maybe he's not hearing the phone ring, but... I told you the new point system that we were going to come up with, uh, that we were going to use, I came up with it for the picking the winners is going to be real simple. Nobody got any points last week. That's a pretty simple way of doing it. <laughs> That's right. You, you either do good or you don't do nothing. Yeah. <laughs> it's a you good way you to win to get a point and nobody else gets diddly. Yeah, exactly. I, I love that system. But, you know, we got a double header today, Greg. Uh, I'm not sure of the times. I should know that, but we got the trucks and – I would assume the Infinity cars would be the second race. I think it, yeah, I think it's something like that. And uh, the, uh, I know the weather's not so hot down there uh, for tomorrow. Anyway, I don't know how today's panning out for them, but uh, Last, you know, I, I just they've had such bad luck historically. Man, I mean, going back to 1960 in the early 60s, they used to get them rained out all the time, and they actually they went, don't need it. They actually went, literally, if Joe Lujan hadn't come in there and helped them with some marketing, I think it rained it out four or five weekends in a row. Yeah. And, and one, one year they were bankrupt, and one year 
hurricane hit. They ran off Cotton and uh, Cotton's car and uh, Joel Thorne's uh, Mario Rossi. I mean, they, they for having, but they let the banana boat run. And, oh, yeah, the banana. They let it run. <laughs> and the Smoky Unique 7 8 car. So uh, <laughs> we're. Uh, we're just hoping that Atlanta can get the thing in because I would say they can ill afford to uh, um, have miss out this this weekend. But uh, yeah, they <laughs> Atlanta has had a lot of trouble with weather, and then it would get so bad because I always loved Atlanta. Seemed like we always was able to run good there, and but uh, the drain off would always get in the infield. And Perry, you remember when we was down there with kids and everything, and the mud that was people that had a were lucky enough back then had a four-wheel drive and they were charging like twenty dollars to pull people out of a mud hole so to get the track i mean to get out of the track uh we're going to bring on nelson crozier now from uh i guess you're in atlanta archie nelson we uh we had a real fancy store-bought intro intro for you but it's it's not firing off so uh i'll just welcome you myself how you doing my friend okay doing pretty good uh, I don't know if you already mentioned it or not, but the race tomorrow will start at 1 p.m. Uh, because of the weather. Yeah, we were just discussing the weather, and I didn't know they had moved it up. Yeah, it, Are they starting the races later? I mean, I thought that was awful late to start the Daytona 500. Uh, yes, uh, they were going to start it at 2.30, but now that's moved up to 1 o'clock. Okay, well, and there's two races today, correct? That is correct. Well, um, what were your impressions of last week? I'm not a fan of blocking in 1967 at Daytona. Uh, a little gentleman won the race, and he was blocking all over the place. And uh, some of the drivers went up to him and said, you come back here, you're leaving in a box. We don't race like that. Uh, because he was just darting you know, from side to side on the track, and that's what it's gotten back to. And that's, in my opinion, that's not racing. You know, if somebody's faster than you, you've got to let them go. Well, see, and that's what I thought. And Deb Williams and I just discussed this, and she she got a 180-degree different take on it. But uh, it, it's just she almost alluded to the fact that the old guys don't like it and the, the young guys do, and I don't necessarily hold with that. I just say if he's faster, let him go. They will penalize you for that at Formula One and Indy. Okay, well, here's uh, here's the thing you got to go back to. Years ago, a lot of the drivers owned their own cars, and you know they survived uh, by the racing purse. If you didn't finish good, uh, you didn't eat that week. And especially if you had to go back and fix your car and put all the winnings, uh, whatever meager amount they might be, to get the car ready to go the next week. Now, fortunately, back then, the parts were not uh, as expensive relatively as they are now because you could go to the junkyard and get a lot of them. But, uh, yeah, it's pretty sad uh, what's happening now. Yeah, no doubt, Nelson. And you're exactly right. Back in the old days, uh, you had, like I say, about half the field, the drivers owned the cars, but you had some of the top cars, you know, they had car owners and stuff, but you had to take in some prize money. And that's one thing that Diddy, I think, made a statement to one of his drivers or probably several of his drivers was, is it, you know, it's like, you, if you go to the garage area, you ain't going to make no money. You got to be able to finish the race. You got to go to the bank on Monday to make the whole program work. 
And if you're tearing That's the car right. up every week, it, it, you, you're just not doing it. But now with all these sponsors that they got, and, uh, well, not what they used to have, but, I mean, they, they, they can get away with stuff like this. And I always thought a 500-mile race, as Smokey Unicall said, was supposed to be an endurance race, man That's against right. machine. And uh, obviously they were, they were heavier cars, clumsier cars, extremely terrifying to drive from what I was told. Uh, no spoilers and, and dangerous. And they kind of had to pace themselves a little bit, and there had to be a little bit of driver courtesy, and there had to be a lot of things. Now, once it got down to the last few laps, I mean, people would run over each other and everything else. But uh, Yeah, well, the durability of the cars, uh, the parts are so good that you have very few parts failures anymore. Uh, Martin's Rose used to be a prime example. Ninety uh, percent of the field might go out with a, a you know, burned-up rear end. Uh, leader goes out uh, with a burned-up rear, takes some line laps to fix it. He comes back in. Numbers two and three go out with a burned rear end. First thing you know, the guy went out uh, with the burned rear end first. He's back leading the race, or at least on the lead lap. We used to say that a lot of at Martinville. Tell you another thing we see up here, Nelson. And I know that race has come up pretty quick. Uh, you always had to turn the motor a little bit more, and you had valve train problems like crazy. I mean, I know that uh, Daddy and me and Leonard Wood and a lot of people were, about drove ourselves crazy trying to get a valve spring to where you could pull a 620 gears versus a 600 so we could run with Chevrolets, which, you know, had the valves smaller and standing up straight but uh durability had a lot to do with it and they got these exotic parts uh don't get me wrong they was on the drawing board back when me and you were fooling with the stuff intensely but uh, now they got that stuff and uh they can do a lot of different things right and like you mentioned you know being able to run the 620 gear not only does that get you up off the turn quicker it also decelerated you go back into first turn. Saved your brakes. So you didn't have to use up your brakes. Well, Nelson, we got a Kyle Bush on the pole for tomorrow with uh, Ryan Newman outside of him and Harvick, Suarez, Keselowski, and Stenhouse. What do you What do you look for tomorrow? It's going to be interesting. I would say Harvick would be my choice. But... Uh, if you look at them, the close difference between uh, the pole and uh, you know, all the way back to, say, 10th place, uh, pole was a 30.02, 10th place was a 30.62, six-tenths of a difference for the first uh, 10 spots. That ain't too shabby. Not at all. Is there any concern that there's only 36 cars down there? I mean, that's the lightest feel I've really heard in a long time. In like 30 years, I believe. Uh, 30 years? Yes and no. Uh, you know, uh, Brent Dewar said, oh, no, it's not a problem. You know, Steve O'Donnell, the same thing. Well, it used to be they thought it was 50. This year it was down to 40. Uh, you know, and it keeps dropping. So if it's 36 today, what's it going to be uh, five, six races down the road? Is it going to be 36 or is it going to be 32? Uh I think some of the people realize that now they stand a chance to get in. Uh, even though if you don't have a charter, you don't get the same money that your charter teams have. Uh, 
but you're going to see a lot of people say, hey, I'm, I'm going to try to make that race. So they put a team together, and they might go out and do it. Uh, and you also have some of the lesser-funded teams, they're picking and choosing which race they go to, either where they don't have the travel expense uh, or they feel like got a better chance of having a good finish. Well, I know it used to be in the old days, uh, especially at Atlanta. I remember going to the Atlanta 500 one year, and you got Dave McDonald and Roger Ward, and, you know, you'd get a lot of crossover, you know, from other series. And I, I guess that's just impossible today. And I just like to see competition to make the field. I think that's part of it, too. That There was no competition to make the field last week at Daytona, and I just wonder how bump day is going to be at Indianapolis. You know, that used to be exciting. It definitely used to be, and this is one of the big problems. You know, when you have a lot of cars, uh, you know, you're going to have some interesting situations on and off the track. Uh, so, you know, it takes a lot to, uh, you know, put on a good show. And, uh, you know, as Bill Francine told Greg's dad one time, he said, Bud, we need those rolling chicanes out there to make your car look better, make, uh, make it look exciting. And, you know, when everybody's running the same speed at the inter uh, interstate, 85, 90 miles an hour, that, it's not exciting. But you get a U-Haul truck and you get grandma out there going 55 in a 70-mile-an-hour zone, it starts to get interesting. Same thing on the racetrack. Yeah, Nelson, you're exactly right. But anyway, I think I think we're getting kind of close. So what what are we – how yeah, are we going uh, to – Perry's, Perry's got her. Let her, me get one more thing in before. Go ahead. Go ahead, uh, ahead the 78 car – Failed inspection three times yesterday. I noticed he didn't qualify. There seemed to be uh, different uh, problems each time they went through the optical, optical scanning system. Uh, but most of it was based around the rear toe and the rear wheel opening. Uh, but needless to say, they were not happy. I guess not. Nelson, we're up against it. Uh, who's your pick? Uh, the new point system, if you don't pick a winner, you don't get a point. So everybody's still tied for first. Right. I think I'll take Harvick this week. Kevin, that's right. You just said that, Kevin Harvick. Well, I'm going to take Keselowski for somebody beats me to him. Greg, uh, I'm going to go out of the box a little bit. I'm going to say Chase Elliott. That's a good one. And I'm going Ryan Newman. All right. So, are you writing these down? I will. <laughs> he will when he gets to it. I'm trying to think of the next thing to say. Nelson, no, uh, where where did the Wood Brothers qualify? Uh, they. More like 13th, I believe. Let I got here. it right here. Uh, uh, 15th. 15th. That's not bad. Right. That is correct. Right away. Menard run good down there at Daytona. But anyway, we up against the clock. And uh, uh, we just look forward to talking to you Nelson, next week. Um, I hope they get it in. Is, is there a weather factor today? Uh, I think we're okay for today, but uh, definitely concerned tomorrow and you'll a lot of people have already given up and said, oh, it's going to be Monday. But, uh, uh, you know, let's hope it happens tomorrow. Let's hope it does, too. Thank you, Nelson. We're crazy about having you on the show, and you're the best. Good enough. We'll talk to you next week. All right. That's Nelson Crozier live from the Atlanta Motor Speedway. And we uh, would like to uh, thank all of you for listening. Don't forget, you can call in the show. I hope there's somebody listening because we haven't oh, yeah. We haven't had any call-ins. But uh, in the future... Next week, we will uh, take calls at 864-468-1400. That's our right into the studio here. And we'll have all the latest from Atlanta. Now, you got your local tracks. I'm not sure they fired it up yet or not, but uh, 
uh, check with them, support your local tracks, and it might be a good day to sit on the couch and watch some uh, some racing because you got the truck race and then the Grand Nationals. Thank you so much for listening to Start Your Engines with Greg Moore and Ronnie Black, and I'm Perry Wood. Keep it between the fences. That's it. That's a little better.